This episode and every episode of the Beer Guys Radio Show is brought to you by Ironmonger Brewing. Visit Ironmonger at their taproom in Marietta, Georgia, or online at ironmongerbrewing.com. Open up a tab, grab a seat, and pour a pint. It's time for the Beer Guys Radio Show. You want free beer? Go to the brewery. Dedicated to the art, science, and enjoyment of craft beer. Yo, what's wrong with the beer we got? Now, here are your hosts, Tim Dennis and Brian Hewitt. Welcome to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We're broadcasting from the Beer Guys Radio Studios. And this week, we got a hodgepodge, Brian. Yes. A cornucopia, whatever you want to call it, a variety of beer news stories to cover. We're just going to talk about interesting things. We've got some ridiculous things to talk about. We've got some interesting things to talk about, informational things to talk about, and we're going to drink a few beers. Yeah, a whole corny keg of it. A whole corny keg of news and beers to talk about. Well, I am Tim Dennis, and as always, with me is my good friend and co-host, Brian Hewitt. Hey, Tim. So that's right. We have beer news. We have a lot of it this week, as you were saying. Stories about the price of beer, golden beer cans, the return of a classic West Coast double IPA, for example, and a whole lot more. Yeah, the show will be very dense with newsiness. Newsiness. Yes, very, very newsy. dense with newsiness. Very newsy this week. Well, Brian, I, I got some news I'm going to start off with because uh, I've seen some of your social posts and some pictures that you sent me and some news that you, you shared last night. I'll call it news. I believe you were just playing mad scientists and sharing <laughs> pictures and stuff of that. But you did some drinking recently that actually got you down to writing code and Excel formulas and such, right? It did, yeah. Uh, so I was inspired by the announcement of a brand of quote-unquote hard water, hard which water. is yeah. just mineral water, just plain water with a little bit of alcohol mixed in to get a 4% ABV ve- beverage. So it's just water and alcohol, watered-down booze. And I'm like, it, my initial thought was, who? Why? Do right. we need this? Yeah. And then I thought, well, and then that naturally follows I could do this. Why? Why would I buy this? And I thought, well, why don't I try this and see if it's worth drinking? So I did. And uh, trying to nail it, take the bottles that I have and figure out how much water, ounces of water to an ounce, an ounce shot of, of booze, I wound up doing algebra or something like that. I wrote X and Y and did division and all that sort of thing to get the number of ounces of water needed to water something down at 45% or 40% to Four percent, and uh, uh, the it's watered down. It's, it's okay. kind of See, what that's... you expect. It's not un, it's not unpleasant, but it's not great. Yeah. See, that's we talked before about like low ABV beers, and it see it actually seems like they may be doing better with getting the real low low ABV beers and getting flavor yeah. in them, because it used to be that you went like the three percent mark if you were a two eight. You just tasted like a watered down beer. You know, there was yeah. nothing there. Or even at three to 3.5, it was tough to get that flavor in there. And I was assuming that this hard water had probably done the calculations to see where they needed to land to have a, an enjoyable beverage rather than just tasting like watered down alcohol. And you're saying that based on your experimentation, when you got something around that 4%, it just tasted like watered down booze. I so a couple of different things. The uh, I found that the whiskey was was better than the tequila. I tried both of those. The tequila was just really the whiskey was like the end of uh, where it's kind of pleasant and you know you kind of wish that there wasn't as much water in it, but it's all right. 
I found I did this with a Campari and because it's such a lower ABV and there's so much more going on than just alcohol, getting that down actually wound up with a decent beverage. But the, the hard, hard Wait, water line watered down Campari. I did. I absolutely just did. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it wasn't bad. It would be better with a sparkling water, which I don't know why these aren't sparkling. But uh, maybe that already exists. Maybe. I don't know. Like ranch water, right? It, yeah, ranch water. But they don't do anything like that. They don't do the the uh, the Amari, the Amaros, uh, which would make more sense. There's less alcohol, so it's less dilution, more flavor. You'd wind up with a better beverage. No, they're going with, I assume, like your high-proof rum. Uh, so rum, tequila, and whiskey were the, the three. It's the, the, the brand is Bluebird Hard, Hard Water. So, so your it, current obsession is watered-down liquor. I'm experimenting with it to see how it is. I think I'm just about done with it. I'm going to try it with uh, a sparkling water to see if I like the mixture better, but I think I'm about done with it. Does, I had to figure it out, though. Does that hard water get up our way or down our way, wherever it's coming I, from? I think it's in Florida. I, I, no, I think it's really new, and I don't know if it's around here, but uh, I, you know what? Maybe I should try one and see if it tastes as watered down. I'm guessing it's going to be like the... The, the, the non-alcoholic seltzers out there that just have a, a hint of flavor to them. Yeah. And maybe for the people who really like it, just a hint of watered down whiskey that's, that's going to be magic for them. But I don't okay. get it. I just don't get it. Crazy, yeah. crazy, crazy. Well, Tim, I think it's time for us to get into the beers of the week. Brian, as always, we've got a great list of beers to get into. We want to thank our friends at The Nest for sponsoring this segment. They were going to join us this week, Brian, but scheduling conflicts. We wrote, we've ran into that a few times. Adam is a busy man, but he's going to be in here next week. So we'll talk about wings and barbecue. And uh, I th- actually think it may be a little late next week to talk about their beer dinner coming up. But they've got their Chef versus Brewers beer dinner. Yeah, that's coming up. Where they do their pairing. That'll be good. But uh, if you are in the area, definitely check out The Nest in downtown Kennesaw, Georgia. Uh, Brian, we've got right now we're drinking a little, a little local or ish. Georgia. In state. Georgia. In, in state. state. From uh, Silver Bluff, we've got their Golden Isles IPA that we're drinking right now. This is a pretty uh, easy drinking yeah. IPA. It's not in your face. Definitely not the the fruit bombs. Yeah, for it's, sure. It's not. not hazy. Yeah, this no. isn't even hazy. No, I mean, what's even going on here? I don't know what to make of that. No, man, I don't even know. But we've also got a Delirium Black Barrel Aged, and that's aged in bourbon barrels from Untitled Art. We are going to drink it in a one. We've got an Italian Pilsner from Untitled Art. We've got the Unibrew 30th Anniversary, which is a Belgian-style stout with maple syrup and natural flavors, Brian. Unspecified natural flavors, but they're natural. They're natural, whatever they are. You don't know, but they are natural. And, uh, yeah, so that's our list for the week. We may get into something else. We'll see. Yeah, we might. We'll see what's in the cellar there, but that's what we've got on deck for today. We may well have a bunch of Christmas beers. I think we still have some left. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Drink your cellar, Brian. That's what you got to do. Yeah, exactly right. And our cellar keeps building up. We have to drink it down. It's a, it's an important mission that we carry forward Absolutely. every week. So, Tim, perhaps we should get into the beginning of the beer news. What do you think? I, I think you should go for it. All man. right. Yeah. So is beer getting more expensive? That is one of the one, the news stories that I saw on Twitter constantly. It's a story out of USA Today. And the answer is basically yes. When they ask that, you know it's going to be yes. Beer is typically recession-proof, and this kind of thing doesn't usually happen, but maybe it isn't anymore. Beer prices are up 7% in the last 13 weeks of 2022. Some beers, like Bud Light, Miller Light, Yingling, and Coors Light, are up 10% at retail. So all of these figures are basically retail. They're kind of excluding bars and restaurants. And these these uh, this jump in price is higher than, than normal. So uh, I guess 7% is always going to be pretty high. 
there's also been a decline in the volume of beer sold, and many beers have dipped in uh, their sales in December. Consumers uh, may have switched to buying less or buying below premium beers. Malt liquor, malt liquor and single-serve uh, 16-ounce and 19.2-ounce stovepipe cans were up in December. So people are going for the bang for the buck uh, gotcha. situation. Okay, there. okay. I know that I am definitely on board with the 19.2. I like the uh, the long beer Fridays, the, the big tall cans. The uh, the price of beer is rising faster than other drink categories. Whiskey is only up 1.7%. Wine is up 3%. And, quote, other spirits are up 1.7%. It outpaced the uh, the increase in price of groceries, which is insane. And uh, so beer sales overall, the actual money coming in, dollar value is up 2% despite the declining number of sales. And so all this data, USA Today, but it came from Bump Williams Consulting. I want to point that out. So. How stuff. have your beer habits changed? Buying habits changed, Brian? Have they? They really haven't. Okay. I uh, I'm a little reckless with my beer spending. I, I generally speaking, I'm trying to always trying to buy less because I have beers that have built up in my cellar. And but then I see something I really want, and yeah. I wind up getting a four pack or a six pack when I really should just get a single can. I will say that my cheapness helps me when buying beer because I'll get what I'm going for, and then I'm okay with just I'm not getting anything else, but. I have frequently gone to bottle shops and that with you and you'll go in for one item, one beer, maybe one bottle of whiskey and you leave with a shopping cart. Typically I see, I see bottles of ideas and experiences on the shelf and I'm like, Oh, look at that. I really want to try that. Oh, that's really neat. I've heard about that. I want to try that too. I, I can't escape that. I'll look on Twitter and be sitting there not thinking about drinking at all. And suddenly I'll see something and I'm pouring myself. Got to try it out. Yeah. You are listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We're going to take us a break, but we'll be right back after this. It's Brian and Tim, the Beer Guys. If you're like us, no lunch or dinner is complete without a pint or two of craft beer. Which is why Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock, Alpharetta, and Duluth are always on our list. Tim, why do they call it truck and tap? Well, the tap part is easy, Brian. They've got 18 of them. As for the truck part, that's where it gets interesting. Truck and tap features your favorite Atlanta area food trucks, so you're getting a different menu every day. Truck and tap in downtown Woodstock, Alpharetta, and Duluth. Truckandtap.com. Let them know that the beer guys sent you. guys on facebook twitter and instagram roger roger what's our vector victor now back to the beer guys radio show welcome back to the beer guys radio show remember all episodes are available on demand so if you miss the broadcast get the podcast beer guys radio is available on the podcast park and all popular and unpopular podcasting apps now let's get back to this beer news show brian let's talk about this beer not beer that we're drinking okay. right now so we have from untitled art we are mixing it up with a non-alcoholic beer. We have their NA Italian-style pills. And we cracked this before we came on air during the break. And the first hit I got off of was mushrooms. But I'm going to put that on me because I'm not getting that anymore. Like the, I didn't taste the that first either. sip. And I do not taste anymore. So maybe that was something on my palate or in the air. Maybe there's some spores in the air that, that could got be. me. Could be. Um, this is light. The flavor is quite light. But this, I like this bee, and I think you said you expect a little more out of it. But after a few more sips, it, I warmed up to this cold NA beer. I, 
I perhaps was be, in being a little unfair. I the untitled arts non-alcoholic ones I've had that have mostly not been uh, on the darker side right. have all been really impressive, okay. and I expected okay. them to really really nail this. Yeah, and I was when tasting it. The first thing I thought is like, well, I can definitely tell this is not an alcoholic. I don't dislike it, but uh, I, I could definitely tell. That I will say thing. that I took another sip and I got mushroom again. Yeah. So I don't. I, so I don't know. I don't the spores know. Earth, settled back down. Into there. It <laughs> might have been, but uh, it's crisp. But there's some uh, of that continental hoppiness in there, you know. And uh, yeah, I'm okay with it, Brian. I think I'm being unfair to it because I lined up blind tasted probably against Bitburger's non-alcoholic, which I have had a fair amount of. This wouldn't be exactly the same thing. I think it does have more of the uh, the Italian character to it. I would probably, I may have trouble deciding which I like more. So okay. a, erasing the not, biases I've this had. This one is not cold, in. cold. Yeah. I will say that I do like a Pilsner pretty cold. Yeah, it's. I find it weird that that got as warm as it did it has yeah. been in the fridge for a long time anyway yeah anyhow yeah i i will throw this out as since it's dry january and we've been talking about we did a show if you didn't catch it we yeah. have a full show on non-alcoholic beverages that this would be one i would say you would be safe adding to your rotation if you enjoy this kind of beer non-alcoholic untitled art italian style pills did we mention untitled art as one of our we recommended did. breweries we because did mention that for real, their stuff is good, and my my disappointment is only because so much of their other stuff I've had has been just incredibly real good. standout. This is okay. good. This is this right. is solid. Cool. This is cool. I I don't dislike it. I don't want to make it seem as though I do, Tim. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for the clarification. Yeah, I'm glad I could be there for you. Thanks. All righty. So I guess we should get back into some beer news. So we've we talked about the price of beer going up it's been a rough start of 2023 for constellation brands according to the drinks business shares of the that behemoth have dropped 10 percent in a single day earlier this week the company fell short of their predicted earnings at the end of 2022 and they're getting punished for it uh so, and they have significantly lowered their earnings forecast for the next quarter the uh, ceo blames a Recent series of headwinds that involve higher costs across the supply chain, poor weather, and worsening economic conditions in California. I guess that's a big market for them. Uh, other ongoing issues are affecting the entire industry, and these guys included sh uh, shortages and prices increases for glass and carbon dioxide and aluminum and packaging cost increases for things. So Constellation, if you don't know, is the distributor for brands like Modelo and Corona. And we that's that's a... Those are brands you would think would never be affected by anything because everybody drinks those in, in great quantity and they're very popular right now. So, but uh, it's been rough for them. They are talking about still increasing their prices, though they're trying to take a more cautious approach to it, considering everything that's happened to them. Was Modelo the one where the CEO made some hints that they were going to overtake like Bud or whatever is as the number one I think, brand? I think you might be right. I think there was there was a a hinted at story in like Yahoo News where. They thought they were on. They were their trajectory was such that they were going to do it. I think that they got a rude awakening here. I think yeah. that was them. Yeah. yeah, I mean, stuff's expensive, Brian. Yeah. Other than you, people aren't buying as much beer as they used. Yeah, to. I know. I'm. I'm. I'm a fool, and I'm you, quickly parted from my money. The industry needs you, Brian. I know. I am single-handedly supporting the industry by making reckless purchases of alcohol that I I may or may not ever wind up getting around to drinking. And we thank you for your service. Yeah. Yes, you yeah. are all welcome. 
All righty. So uh, let's let's get into uh, the gold can story. Uh, so Brewdog's James Watts. I don't know. Did people hear about this? They Brewdog put I'm out. I'm pretty sure they did, yeah, but the, I don't think a synopsis. The, the golden ticket situation where they yeah. put a select number of gold cans in different cases of Brewdog, spread them out, and the gold cans were supposed to be worth fifteen thousand pounds, which is in today's dollars about eighteen thousand U.S. dollars. So uh, this this story kind of broke in uh, 2021 mid year. We were talking about how people were discovering that the solid gold cans weren't actually solid gold. They were, I think they're brass and they're wrapped in like a three micron layer of, of gold leaf or something okay, like that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it, so it, he thought they were solid gold. Apparently James Watt did. That's what he says. And, uh, falsely thought they were solid gold. And he mentioned that in social media posts. Well, uh, the winners complained that they, they got a, a can that they thought was worth $15,000 turned out to be worth closer to like, 500 pounds you yeah, know in that yeah. area 800 us dollars or 600 us dollars what uh, a can yeah. like a beer can size block of solid gold be worth way more than 15,000 pounds i think that they said and i i was confused on that point of the story there was somebody was talking about the actual value amount of a can and i i don't know if they were talking about just the can itself being solid uh, just just the can portion of it being solid gold, or the entire thing, including where the liquid would be solid gold. If it were the entire thing, it's like hundreds of thousands of dollars. Oh. And so it could ever be a solid gold can. The fine print, because cans are like said, cans are hollow. So even if the can was all solid gold, so well, because I would think if I read solid gold can, I would be thinking solid. You know? Oh yeah, like the, the whole way through. You know what he should have did? He should have said, "We're giving away solid comma." gold cans and solid then, comma gold and cans. then he could have got away with it because didn't they say weren't they solid brass and then or were they hollow brass then plated i i, I Did think he it, even cheap out on the cheap brass i think they were i think the cans themselves you know what i'm not sure i they i thought they were hollow with some gold krylon i i really think that they weren't like they he said they were worth 500 dollars or 500 pounds 600 dollars okay i don't maybe they were solid brass the whole way through i you know i never so, that was never clear to me I that would be very difficult to put in a pack and not make it extremely clear that, that it was in there. Like you just have to go around. That's picking what up I was thinking. Like, okay. If so. it were solid gold, you wouldn't be able to pick up the packs. Like, right. Well, I'm obviously taking that this one. Somebody one. bring a forklift around. If you get to pick it up in the card where thing just rips out, then that's the pack. You <laughs> the want. handle rips yeah, right off. That's it. Yeah. That's the one I want. That's mine. That that's mine. Yeah. yeah. People fighting you over it. They're like, yeah. well, try to take it from me. I can't even lift it. So, so question for you on this story, Brian, do you think this was an intentional publicity stunt or that he really just made a an error i he seems like a really reckless dude but he also seems like he's a little bit like slightly on the sociopath side like he doesn't really care about the effects yeah. on other people as long as it works well for the company so it, it part of me thinks it could just be him recklessly saying hey we're giving away solid gold cans without thinking it through i, I could believe that okay but i also kind of think that Maybe he just kind of didn't give a crap and just said, yeah. hey, this will get people buying cans. And he, he still argues that the can itself, even as is, is worth $15,000 because of rarity and uniqueness and all that kind of crap. But the reality is, is nobody buys that. Right. And, uh, and they're not new to controversy. I oh, mean, no, not, not at all. To, uh, for those that aren't aware, uh, a story we're pretty familiar with is that our local brewery Scofflaw was partners with them. Oh, yeah, were, that's right. They were doing a launch in the U.K., and apparently the day before some story came out or maybe the morning of 
saying that Scofflaw would give free beer to anyone that was a Trump supporter. And, uh, of course, everything hit the fans. Oh, yeah. Watt called Matt Shira at Scofflaw and said, our deal's off. We're not doing any of your beer, this and that. I talked to Matt Shira the morning this went down in his hotel room in the UK. And he's like, dude, I absolutely swear that we had, we did not agree to this at all, at all. This was not a plan that we set into motion. So that but could be like a devious plot. That's what I'm wondering, man. Now I will say this, that people still, there's a lot of people that still think Scofflaw did this. Just this was Scofflaw sure. and they're just trying to back out of it. Others say, you know, pub- publicity stunt on the part of uh, BrewDog. But the truth lies somewhere we'll never know, bro. That's true. We need to take another break. You're listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show, and we'll be back right after this. Have you visited Ironmonger Brewing recently? Take a trip and see the newly renovated and spacious tap room, or enjoy the outdoors in their new beer garden with plenty of seating and shade to ease that summer sun. Ironmonger's Tap Room has a variety of craft beer and hard seltzer on tap, with wine and spirits coming soon. Ready for a bit of adventure? Trout axe throwing with Ironmonger's 16 target range. It's a perfect spot for some quick fun or to host your next party or corporate event. So grab your friends and have some fun today at Ironmonger Brewing. Follow the Beer Guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Next Friday is Hawaiian Shirt Day. So, you know, if you want to, go ahead and uh, wear a Hawaiian shirt and jeans. Now, back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. Welcome back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. I want to give a quick shout-out to one of our great radio affiliates, KTEL, 1490 AM, 94.1 FM, and 99.7 FM in Walla Walla, Washington. Walla Walla, Washington. Walla Walla, Washington. Live nearby there at one point in time. Catch Beer Guys Radio on KTEL every Sunday at 2 p.m. Now let's get back to the Beer News Show. Beer news, beer stories, whatever you want to call it. Brian, I hate to break a news story over two seconds yes. here, but... You mentioned that we've got an important end to the BrewDog story that you want to share. With yeah, us. we got we got off on a, a sidetrack of other issues that they had. The the punchline is is James Watt apparently paid out of his own money. Uh, I think it's about forty out of the fifty winners, four hundred and seventy thousand British pounds, or about five hundred and seventy thousand U.S. dollars to people who were un, unhappy with what they got. He basically reached out to everybody said, hey, if you're unhappy with what you got, I will pay you the full amounts of it. And reportedly out of his pocket, he claims that that was a year, I think he said a year and a half of his own compensation. So I'm not sure if I would have put that out there. That seems like like you're not going to win any points with anybody Sam by bragging James. about how much how much you're making. But St. James, well, his point was if if he, being... he screwed up and he should pay for it, and not the company. And in a way, they're like, well, that actually seems... Like so, a decent so here's way my to go, thinking, Brian. Here's my thinking on that. When he threw that number out, if you do the math on that, that's not a ridiculous amount of money for a CEO or founder owner of a big company like that. Yeah, true. Did you did you right. figure out exa- the exact amount? What I was I the amount do. that he paid? Four hundred seventy thousand pounds. So that is uh, four seventy divided by three is uh, one 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 twenty three one thirty three. So uh, you do that. Uh, okay, you know, so that's, that's not it. that's so not bad at all. Two hundred, two thirty, two thirty, two fifty a year, quarter mil a year. Nah. Yeah. Okay. So that's not. I'd expect someone in his position to be making a lot more. 
And that is absolutely true. But reminding people that you make that much money does not does yeah. does not engender any sympathy for you. You're better off not, not saying it things does not, like that. Because I, very few people yeah. are going to look at it and say that's not that much for a CEO. Exactly. They're going to say that's a lot of money. Yeah. That, look how much he makes. There. Yeah. It's like I don't make nearly that amount. So right. What on earth? So, Tim, you had thoughts about the beer that we just. Yeah, opened, Brian. Didn't so you? we've got delirium, delirium black here, which the packaging on it is super cool. I, I really dig this black with just gold lettering with the elephant and I believe a, a rooster on a hop cone. It looks like there. So could well I, be. Yeah. I like the packaging. So I'll let you share about the beer. But uh, my initial thoughts, it's a little thin. I would expect a big delirium in a black bottle. I, I would want a little more body on this. Yeah, a little bit and more heft. I do not think either the beer or the barrel presents itself very well. There's a whiskey-ish flavor to it. Uh, the beer itself is a little thin. So that's my thoughts. What is this beer? All right. Before I, before I tell you anything about it, who, which do you think is bigger, the Delirium Noel or this in terms of ABV? They're both 750s. I mean, yeah. oh, like ABV, not 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 actual. I don't volume. know because I haven't had the other one, so I can't. I would we expect had, them to be close to each. We other. had Delirium Noel on the Christmas show. Oh, Delirium Noel. Noel. I thought we were talking the other bottle we had in the fridge. Um, I would say Delirium Noel, definitely. You, it's, it's actually that was actually ten percent. This is eleven and a half percent. Yeah, it's I interesting. Guess that, so. Yeah, it's the yeah. other way around. That had more body. It did not seem thin, and it won the show. So this one, this the the Delirium Belgian Strong Dark Ale, eleven and a half percent. 22 IBUs if you're if you're paying attention that sort of thing they also have a delirium blonde barrel age which I did not pick up that is a Belgian strong golden ale at 11 and a half percent I'd be I'd be curious to try that but yeah you mean it that might it might work better there I I get what you're saying about the booze it's not a lot of obvious booze character it is it does seem light it does I seem like a little delirium light. beers and I do not think this is their best showing that I have personally had and that goes to what I was and saying. For before. the record, Delirium Noel did not win our beer show. Bold Monk Leon. Oh, that's true. That's yeah. true. So, I think that they were our number two run. Number two. Up, they? Yeah. Still good, right? Yeah, that's that's true. I technically did not win. They were close to winning, though. Um, yeah, I I uh, it, this goes to what I was saying about Belgian breweries and doing barrel aging. For whatever reason, I've not had many that have really. Yeah. I've had more that have failed and just have not pulled off the the, the idea of putting beer in a barrel and making it come out better or as good as, as their other offerings. And I'm not sure why that is maybe less practice. I don't know. I do not know outside of like the wild Belgian L's gooses and lambics and stuff. Fair I do point. not know the tradition or the history of barrel aging beers in Belgium. A fair point. As, I wasn't especially like those. whiskey in that. I mean, I, I don't doubt that they have a long history of putting them in like Oak. But I'm not sure about doing that with a whiskey or something where they're trying to bring out that character there. So I did get a nice little touch on that last drink of of something that was very nice, pleasant, boozy, caramely type of thing in there. It is kind of light. Yeah, you know what? I completely forgot about the whole like spontaneous in barrels, right. that sort of thing. It's yeah. a, a completely different animal. So I probably should have said something to the effect of spirits barrels, but I think yeah. they still do that for uh, the other ones too. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's sure weird that uh, these they do the others so well. These have been more hits or more misses than hits, unfortunately. Yeah. So yep. anyway, anyway. So one of the big stories, Tim, that uh, has been all over social media, a, a, a notable beer journalist, Josh Noel, has departed the Chicago Tribune uh, after 18 years. Most of them he spent writing about beer. He's possibly best known for his coverage of bourbon barrel uh, 
Bourbon County Stouts and their annual releases, as well as a book on Goose Island called Barrel Age Stout and Selling Out. Uh, he's leaving Molson. He's leaving uh, the Chicago Tribune to join Molson Coors as their corporate communications manager. Uh, he cites ongoing issues with the Tribune and his need to pay his bills in the future as a reason for leaving. Years ago, a move like this probably would have been met with scorn uh, by the beer world, but uh, at least beer, beer Twitter has been very supportive of, of the move. Uh, notes on uh, He notes on Twitter that he will lose his, quote, craft beer writer status under the Brewers Association guidelines. So that's uh, unfortunate for I didn't realize they had any uh, any statuses know. on that. Yeah. But uh, he claims nothing will change in the way he handles things. But that's exactly what breweries say when they sell out. So I right. don't know what is, to make of this. Is uh, it, Was it possibly a joke about the beer, the craft beer writer status from the Brewers Association. I, I half wondered that. I kind of wondered I didn't look into it because I just didn't have the time to do it. You but know yeah, what? I kind of I kind of wonder if that was a joke. On this note with everything, Brian, I will openly admit that my opinions on big beer have changed somewhat since we started Beer Guys Radio. And even you know before that, um I don't I still don't like what they do to craft as a whole, as a general blanket statement. Um but I think there's things that I don't think they're the evil corporations that I did one at one yeah. time, at least some of them, I believe. I actually think Miller Coors is one of the better ones based on the feedback input news stories that I have seen. Molson Coors, Miller Coors, whoever the heck they are right now, seems to be the least evil empire of the evil empire. With the exception of their not putting the 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 key back in keystone that was that was yeah, them so they yeah. kind of they kind of did do that <laughs> they did yeah you know what's interesting is for a long time big beer was saying hey we need to quit fighting each other we need to be on the the lookout for wine and spirits they were wrong about wine but spirits is kind of eating sure eating craft beers lunch right now. are coming yeah, we've got yeah. uh, we got hard waters we've got ranch waters that we've had the seltzer wars or whatever you want yeah. to call it i think that's already fizzling yeah, Seltzer's losing its carbonation there. I'm but. happy to see that, but I I will embrace the RTDs. I do like them. I do not want craft beer to lose as much ground as it is to them, but I kind of get it a little bit. You know what? Everybody's looking at the options, and I posted something on Instagram the other uh, nice meal last weekend at a Vietnamese Cajun seafood restaurant i think like a atlanta. tiki bar too a i tiki think yeah. bar so real cool place called bonton in atlanta yeah. if you're in atlanta go to bonton if you're bonton cheers you know we, yeah. we had a good time there but they had hams tall boys for four bucks heck yeah and i post that on the instagram i'm like look we love craft beer 99 percent of what we drink is craft but we're not mad at drinking a tall boy of hams with a spicy seafood boil you know, I'm definitely yeah. not angry when it is part of a boiler maker, which that's I, right. I you got a little rye and a hams there. Rye and hams. So yeah. that's something, man. I'm not I'm not looking to stack up on macro beers. It's definitely not the primary beer in my fridge. I like hams. I like Ginny Cream. You know, and if I'm at a party and it's hot, I'm sweaty and someone offers me a Miller Light, I'm probably not gonna turn it down. Hams, hit me up. <laughs> hit me up. Hit us up, Hams. You're listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We're gonna take a break and grab a hams and we'll be back right after this. Have you been to the Nest Kennesaw yet? Hi, I'm Adam, owner of the Nest in historic downtown Kennesaw, and I want to personally invite you to visit us. With the best damn barbecue in town, 48 taps of always rotating craft beers, a dog-friendly patio, all in two conjoined historical homes, 
we know there's something for you at the Nest Kennesaw. Find us at thenestkennesaw.com to start drooling over that menu, or go ahead and grab your friends, your family, or just yourself and come on in for a pint. The Nest Kennesaw, can't wait to have you at our table. Follow the Beer Guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Your revolution is over, Mr. Lebowski. Condolences. The bomb's lost. Now, back to the Beer Guys radio show. Welcome back to the Beer Guys radio show. If you enjoy the show, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Just go to patreon.com slash beerguys. Patrons get cool perks like Beer Guys swag and commercial-free episodes. Now, let's get back to the Beer News Show. The Beer News Show. Uh, Brian, we just opened another beer. We did. Beer. We have a Unibrew. 30th anniversary beer. Yes. What is this? Uh, you know, it's a it's a Belgian style that's maple syrup added and quote natural flavor. Okay, Brian. Yes. That's, what do you think of this beer? I it's very so the other one I I did not notice it at the time, but this one has the effervescence I expect okay. from a Belgian beer. Like it's yeah. very well carbonated. Um I get I get like raisiny dark bread crust. I got the maple. It's uh I'm a little overwhelmed by the carbonation to be honest with you. Like it's it's a lot. It's a lot. Okay. So uh, I think you had thoughts. I'm I'm still working I, through I, my I, thoughts on it. I did and Brian, I wondered if my palate's off today. But I mean, I enjoyed so we did, we started off with this Silver Bluff Gold Nas IPA, which I thought was good. An easy drinker of an IPA. The Untitled Art, again, in a beer. Yeah. But you could tell it was in a, but still for what it was, I thought it was good. The Delirium, I didn't care for. It was thin and sharp. It didn't present either the beer or the barrel very well. This one, I don't think I dig it. I, I don't think I care for it. It's, uh, I get some astringency. It's a little astringent on the palate. I definitely get that dark bread, almost like yeah. a nearly burnt piece of dark bread. It's almost like a burnt sugar going on with yeah, this. I, so. I do get, I'm, I've been trying to put my finger on it, and I think we burnt, burnt sugar, burnt sugar and bread together. Yeah. There's a little touch of that in this. And the maple is enough to, like, memories of maple. It's <laughs> memories like there, of- there was memories of maple. It, uh, there's not enough there. And maple's one you got to be careful with because you also don't want it to be so strong that because it can just drown everything else out. But I don't think there's an, quite enough mapley note here to get that and uh anyhow that's my take on it that's i'll keep drinking it and, and if my opinion changes as i sip through this more but there's my first opinion hot take i'm just gonna say that while you were talking i had to turn away from the mic multiple times because the gaseousness of this was e- erupting you gotta from pour me. it hard and let that thing open up i guess you and i thought i did and when you saw how how i poured it like yeah. most of the glass was foam and it's still even that and uh I do kind of like that about Belgian beers, but at the same time, I don't like that about Belgian beers. We should hashtag beer caramelizer this to see what it does get a little caramelization. Yeah, that's an interesting idea. Yeah, Yeah, we do have that ability. Brian, have you ever had a 12-ounce beer and you get like six ounces into it and you're like, oh my gosh, I wish I could close this beer and save it for later? I don't think that's ever happened to me, Tim. Okay, well, if it ever does, Brian, I have good news for you. Oh, do you? Yes, yes. There is now a packaging lid that is reclosable and it fits standard 12 ounce beer cans. So uh, it's been in development for three years, Brian. Yeah. It is spill and leak proof and it's uh, you can use it on your craft beer, sodas, canned cocktails, coffee, and your cannabis drinks. How about that? Yeah. But do we need this, Brian? 
Do we need this? This is a good question because I saw this. I saw this. Uh, this feat of engineering, and I'm I'm interested in the idea. But then it occurred to me. Okay, crawlers, perhaps large crawlers, like a 32 ounces, maybe. But very often, unless it's like a a big, thick stout, high ABV, kind of lower in the the carbonation, I don't see there being much of a call to reseal a beer after you get into it. I feel like a resealable lid on a 12 ounce can would add unnecessary cost. Yes. To this, to a six pack, let's say a six pack. And I can't think of a time when I've ever felt that I needed to close up a 12 ounce beer. But what if it was for something like um, maybe vodka? Maybe you get a can of vodka. Maybe that, you get a can of chicken stock or something along those Well, that's lines, a really good know? idea. And so. you know what? I was I had been thinking about this in the RTD cocktails when I'm like, I want to have, I want to split it. You know, like it's maybe it's a 10%. And I'm like, I want to have one. I'm just going to have half of it and then be done with it and pour it later. There's no carbonation to worry about and just sealing it to keep other things from getting out of it. Not a bad idea. Yeah. You yeah. Know, seal it up. Maybe, maybe come back a little later. You maybe use this for an hour. You know, you got yeah. a beer there and you don't want to. You're outside and you're worried about flies and bugs getting into your beverage. You can close it back up. Presumably, you can open it and reclose it multiple times during your outing. So, you know, bees, whatever, that fly like to fly into beers, you don't have to fight with them. Just close it back up. Yeah. So that's an interesting idea in itself just to keep dust and bugs Maybe so. out of it. Maybe yeah. rather than putting it in the fridge and saving it for later, you, you close it up and uh, just for an hour or two. Yeah, and what is probably a sign of the times, Stone Ruination IPA is returning. The pendulum continues to swing back from the hazy tropical IPAs towards IPA bitterness, and this is the first time in eight-ish years since 2015 or so that the original Ruination IPA is being brewed. Uh, other other versions have been brewed since then, or I think sporadically. I haven't honestly I haven't had Ruination in a long time. I haven't either. But it's no. been if you look at Untapped, almost everything is in there is version 2.0. This is the OG version 1.0. Do you Are, know the difference in 1.0 and 2.0? Uh, I I know that the the no? OG no the OG is is supposed to be far more bitter and oh, less that, that would make sense. Yeah, okay. less hazy, less tropical, less fruity. Right. I think they added dry hopping to the the, the version 2.0. The original version, I think, did not ever have any dry hopping. It was all like really aggressively hopped. Okay. All right. So uh, it's the first time it's. It was originally brewed in 2002. It was uh, apparently they say in the press release the first full time brewed and bottled West Coast style double IPA on the planet. That's what they say. I don't know if that is in fact true. It's hard to know, but uh, it features Magnum, Chinook, and Centennial hops, all your classic uh, old school IPA hops. Okay. Uh, it will be the first release in Stone's 2023 fan favorite returns. So that means it's limited. So the OG Ruination is limited. If you want to get your palate wrecked, you can only do it for a limited time. I am happy that this fan favorite returns thing also includes Stone Chocoveza, which I did yeah. like in years past. So that's coming as well in October. Mm -hmm. Wasn't OG Ruination pre-IBU Wars? Yeah, it's like 2005 that so came that, out with so it. So that yeah. kind of fits into our prediction yeah. for the year. We're going to have to watch it to make sure we can verify we're right about this, Brian. But uh, again, we kind of said it did look like, based on what we're seeing and talking to people, that these types of IPAs are more popular again. They are. Palate fatigue maybe with uh, haze and, and fruit a little bit. They are heavier on your palate. 
I, I think everybody's getting cavities from all of these pastry stuffs Diabetes. that they've been drinking. Yeah, beaties and Death <laughs> getting all that well, cool. stuff. Yeah. All right. You know, and I say cool because it's nice that people can, you know, we can swing back on trends. Uh, you know, I'm not personally thrilled with the rebirth of West Coast. No, IPAs. It doesn't that. matter to me, but give the people what they want, you know. So. I, I like that. I like that we're changing up. We're keeping it interesting. Maybe, maybe keeping it fresh is not the right term for it because we are going back to a, a nearly twenty-year-old style. But you know what? Hey, it keeps in, things interesting, and it's fun to revisit those things, even if you're not, maybe not as big a fan of them. You, you know? know, I still think that we're going to see the Golden Isles here, the beers like that. That's kind of a mid-level. Hey, I'm not a bitter bomb, but I'm not a tropical bomb either. I'm a drinkable IPA with some discernible bitterness i could see us returning back to what we had before haze went crazy where we had our own version of an ipa the kind of our east coast thing that wasn't quite wasn't quite hazy wasn't quite super juicy it wasn't quite super bitter west oh, coast those were terrible we did a horrible job did we do south of those well yeah. i thought i thought the no. hyaline and tropicalia were were like i don't the, know the, that the i would consider them ones. that when Northeast IPAs first started becoming popular, a lot of Southern brewers, and I, I say Southern, I should probably say Atlanta or Georgia, yeah. tried to make those styles without ever having had a Northeast IPA. And True. we saw the same thing with Brood IPA. The Brood IPA when especially. It came, it, they just weren't even close to what the styles were saying. And if if Tropicalia and Highlight are children of that union, then okay. But as a blanket statement, I think we had some pretty rough IPAs there. For I think when we were chasing Hayes initially, yes, I think these predate any chase of Hayes. Okay. We had a softer, we had a softer and more approachable IPA that was not all Hayes and softness and fruits, but it also wasn't all bitterness. And I think I could see us, at least in this area, returning to that. But I think we're actually going to wind up going more west coast with uh, with where we're heading meet in the middle man yeah like yeah. that meme with the two people joining hands together it's, it's like look we're gonna we're not gonna be as bitter as we were during the early aughts when we had the ibu wars but let's you know what let's bring a little pine back brian let's bring a little grapefruit little back grapefruit into the back. action maybe a little dankness back a little too. bit of dank yeah. a little bit of dank ain't nothing wrong with that right sweetwater ipa will get its come up again yeah so. yeah uh the uh, what's the Sweetwater one that has the the terpenes in it? Uh, I can't think of it right the now. The 420 strain. The 420 strain. That yep. that deserves more love. G13. Than it gets. The G13. G13. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. Brian, that's it, man. We're out of time. Is that it? It's okay. another show. We've had a good time. Thanks for joining us. Uh, again, wraps up for this week's episode of the Beer Guys Radio Show. Join us next week. Been a minute since we've had some of our friends in the studio, but Wild Leap is going to join us in the studio. For more craft beer info, follow us online. We are Beer Guys Radio on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great week and don't forget to drink local. Cheers. Mm-hmm.